For six times in the next seven weeks, the Wheeling Nailers will face the Toledo Walleye. So let's learn a thing about this Walleye team this season, maybe even a few things from the great voice of the Walleye, Matt Melzak, who's our profile tonight. And Matt, uh, the Walleye, it seems like it's starting to become a tradition where the team doesn't play a lot of games at home in the first part of the season, but doesn't seem to phase this Walleye team. What do you notice with the makeup of this group so far? Well, first off, DJ, thanks for the time, as always. Pleasure to be with you. But, yeah, you're right. It seems like it's been maybe not tradition, but it's just kind of the way the schedule has fallen a lot over the last five to six years in which we just haven't had a ton of home games at all to start the year. It just feels like every year we're hitting the quarter mark, and I'm doing a story on 13 out of 18 games like this year, or Toledo's played them on the road to start the year. I think it's very difficult, and, you know, we've been kind of... I don't want to say lucky, but uh, privileged that we've been able to work through that. Because that can be a death sentence early in the year. If you struggle at all on the road, you could be buried very quickly, especially in a very strong division with teams like Wheeling, with Fort Wayne, with Cincinnati. You know, Kalamazoo is usually strong. They've struggled a bit with their roster. Otherwise, they'd probably be higher up. So, uh, I mean, you could have some issues with that early in the year. We just have been able to at least play 500 like this year on the road going into today at, at 6 and 6 so I mean if you can do that I think you can be okay when the season gets to the nitty gritty time when we're talking January, February, March One of the big moves in the offseason saw the walleye not bring back a fan favorite in AJ Jenks but still some names that are very familiar to Toledo walleye hockey like Shane Bershback. you have TJ Hensick a former NHLer, what went into the thought process this summer on building the team coming off of the great success that last year's club had? Well, I think the way Dan looked at it when I talked to him a couple times during the summer, he felt like you know you had a team that was good enough to win last year, and that was obvious. You went to Game 6 of the Kelly Cup Finals. Could have very easily won. All, a one-overtime shot could have changed that entire series. It just didn't happen. You lose a couple times in overtime, and you know how that goes when you get to the Finals. you got to take advantage of those chances, especially when you're on the road. Toledo was unable to do that. So, uh, you know, I think he his thought was he liked the model that he had last year and I think he wanted to emulate that a little bit this year and he wanted to add a little bit more get a little bit faster he feels like the game has gotten a little bit faster I think you're seeing that with the the structure of the wheeling nailers Uh, this year the game is continuing to escalate as far as speed is concerned so continue to add those kind of players and that was kind of the mission during the offseason obviously you're going to find a spot for a Shane Burstback you're going to find a spot for a TJ Hensick they may not be the quickest guys out there, especially in Hensick's case, but you look at Shane Burschback, he can he he surprises you a lot of times with his speed. But those guys are playmakers, and you have to have those guys on your roster. And it it is uh, you know there's no question you're going to find a spot for those two. And then you started to piece it together, and you got to have your young players that have to be able to come in and and step in and finding a guy like Brett Bowling's had a nice start. Abbott Gerducus, uh, terrific young player at RIT that's got 20 points, leading the wall in scoring. So uh, you have to have those guys that you can find and bring in that can fit what you're trying to do. And I think. Dan did a nice job of that in the offseason. You mentioned the finals run, and that's something I wanted to talk to you about, getting a chance first off to experience that. That was your first ever trip to a finals in the ECHL. What was that like to soak it all in? Yeah, it was, uh, It was well, the first off was the headache of trying to get to Newfoundland from Tulsa, Oklahoma, after winning a Game 7 in the Western Conference Finals. DJ, you know, that could be a little bit uh, stressful in its own right, but once you're there, once you're doing the games, and you're into that atmosphere, and the games that we saw in Toledo, Games 3, 
four and five where we had, and you've been there for crowds of over 8,000. But when we hit 8,500, for the game four and then game five, nearly 8,600. And, I mean, it was just, you couldn't see anywhere. It was just wall-to-wall people. It was, the atmosphere was amazing. And, and just the, actually the last probably five minutes of the game five where it looked like we were going to win, force game six, and the way the people reacted in there, it was almost like we had won. And it was, it was, it was something to see. I mean, I even had a couple of people tell me on the broadcast, they could hardly hear me on the broadcast anymore. I was so loud in the building. And it was it was really quite the experience, and you know one I'm certainly never going to forget. What about the run to the finals? And I know Wheeling when it went to the final in 2016 kind of came off the charts a little bit as a number five seed in the Eastern Conference. Toledo had won four straight division titles. This kind of cracks me up a little bit. And the four years that they won division titles couldn't get to the finals. Yet the year that they finished in second was the year that they end up going. Why was that? Was it a team that was built more for the playoffs? I think so. And you look at how good Cincinnati was last year. And they're just, no matter what, I mean, we had a really strong season uh, during the regular year. You're just you're just in with the team that was head and shoulders above everybody else during the regular season. And, you know, and, and actually I think the biggest stretch for, for us last year was we had a major issue with defensemen in our lineup from January and February. And, I mean, we were down to just two regular defensemen for basically the entire month of January and half the month of February. And that, that can really set you back. Toledo was a 500 team for two months last year. And uh, you know that will eliminate you from winning a division very quickly, as you know. Uh, but yes, uh, I think it was a team that was built to be strong in the postseason, and and really, I think Pat Nagel the goal hit his stride in the playoffs. And I and the reason why I say that is because when we played Cincinnati in the second round, the game one we had a quick turnaround. Both teams did actually. Uh, Cincinnati won in Kalamazoo on in game six. We won in Fort Wayne in game six, and had to play two days later in Cincinnati for one game. And then the way that series was, because of their building availability, it was a 1-3-3 series. So uh, once we took game one, and that was all Pat Nagel, we got outshot, I think, 40-23 to 23 or something in that game and won the contest. It was all Pat Nagel. He stole us that game one. Then all of a sudden, you know, since he comes back, wins game two, but then we won the next two. Pat does it again in game five down there. And I thought once we got past Cincinnati, I thought, oh, you know what, we might have a team to get it done. And I was shocked we didn't get it done in game six against Tulsa and had to go to game seven but it was a team that was very resilient last year once it got into the postseason and had a lot of guys that stepped up and chipped in at the right moments and you have to have that you have to have some luck you got to have some great goaltending you have to have some things go your way the weird thing was we never won an overtime game the entire playoffs we lost every time we went into overtime but yet made it to the finals that's pretty wild what's your favorite thing about this year's team what do you like about it that's going to give it that edge to try and get back to the top of the mountain i gotta tell you we have one thing we have this year is we have scoring punch from everybody and i think that is something where you know i think last year sometimes that that not quote-unquote third line because everybody plays about the same amount of minutes but you had that third line was more of a defensive line last year and i think this year there is scoring from everybody down the line 
and, and you start looking at our breakdown of the scoring opportunities. You start looking at the points, how they're dispersed all the way throughout. I mean, yeah, you have Gerdukas and Hensick and Bursch back up there, but then you have everybody's basically, you know, Marcus Vela had a hat trick last night in a 7-2 to win at Reading, a very good team. Just offensively, though, I mean, we took off, and I think that you're going to see that a lot out of this year's team. You're going to see some big scoring nights, uh, and you're probably going to see some drought nights because that's the way a lot of that goes. But, uh, you know, I think this is a team that has scoring punch all the way throughout and, and can be a very dangerous team night in, night out. Two high-scoring teams for a lot of big Central Division games. Buckle up, Naylor fans. Matt, thanks so much for a few minutes of your time, and we'll look forward to a lot of games in the next month or so. Yeah, looking forward to it, DJ. You're my Sunday buddy for the year. Let's do it. <laughs> Matt Melzak, the voice of Toledo Walleye on our mission coverage. We'll have out-of-town scores and more hockey action next on the Naylor's Broadcast Network.